Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. The Why Watch That Talk. And this is, we're back with a robust TV. Oh. Premiere and TV series and season premiere. We're back now. It's been skimpy. (laughs) (laughs) Skimp, skimp. It's been pretty, it sounds like a, a something like, you know, the Migos would say, skip, skip. Um, <laughs> so, why are you saying Migos on this podcast? I don't even know. Don't even ask. Let's move on from that. If you knew the ref, you would just know how mind-bending that sentence was. <laughs> I secretly want to be like one of them. <laughs> but just do background stuff like, skip, skip. <laughs> So it, yeah, it's been skimpy, and the reason why is yes, we had we are coming off of holidays, but also we've adjusted ourselves here at Why Watch That. Mm. There's so much content out there, and we've had to you know be a little picky about what we're going to spend our time watching. So again, our catchphrase here is Why Watch That, and basically it means if you like this, this is why you watch it. If you like mm. this, then you'll like this. So that is more of our focus now. We're back on track with TV shows. We've had a handful of TV season premieres. Yes, these shows are back. And then we're also going to talk about some series premieres, shows that you have not seen before, maybe even a miniseries here and there. Um, But first, let's start with Grownish. Now, Grownish is back for season three on Freeform. It's already been renewed for season four, but get this. If you were kind of dibbling, dabbling over the holidays, they released this campaign, just getting your whistle wet for Gronish's return. And we see a woman sitting on the toilet. She's got something in her hands. It looks like a pregnancy test. Mm. She says, oh, beep, as it drops to the floor, showing indeed she is pregnant. But we didn't know who. Mm. Could it be Zoe? Could it be the twins? Could it be? We don't know. Well, if you watched all the way to the end (laughs) of season three, episode one, Mm. and then watched uh, 302, you will definitely know who it is. So Mm. what do we got going on here? And we left Zoe in a mess, if you remember that. Well, of her own making. (laughs) Now remember, (laughs) okay, Joey Badass Uh comes in and comes in between she and her boyfriend Luca, but not romantically. Because professionally, professionally, (laughs) because each of them wants to be his, uh, you know, stylist. Well, we know that Zoe gets the job, but does she go? You know she does. And at the end of the previous season, the other one, <laughs> the other boyfriend, the previous, Uh-oh. was there and they got to smooching. And was Luca there? He tried to be. <laughs> he did. He tried. He showed up. So in this new school year, after that summer where she has been Joey's stylist, and she still is. She's back to college. She's now an upperclassman. They've moved into new digs, all of them together. Oh, Lord. Okay. But who is she with? Aaron Aluka. Mm. Or maybe nobody. Or maybe nobody. Hmm. And can she focus? Because we know she has trouble. (laughs) Like her daddy. She she now is, you are a stylist, a professional stylist for a star. Get it together. Joey's like, uh... (laughs) You better get together. Joey and Zoe, look at that. Now, when it comes to the twins, so far, we know that one of them Mm -hmm. is still in love and she wants to maintain that. Yes, she does. And the other one's looking. (laughs) Sky, she's always looking. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what's going on with them. 
We also know that when we move forward and we think about Anna, Anna, Zoe, the love quadrangle, I don't know what's going on. Yes. How is that resolved? In an interesting way. Surprised me, actually. And then remember, Nomi? Yes. Yeah. Now, what about her? We know that she was in a relationship that went Yeah, it did. But what does she come back with? That's the question. I think we they can gather, but you know, <laughs> they want to watch that moment. And all of and this big thing that drops, Zoe didn't know about, but who did? Oh, who did? And is that going to be okay? I so, don't know. <laughs> look, we start with the first three episodes of this new season, Ref, back with essentially what we expect from Grownish. Um, for the most part, at this opening of this season, I think that they are still doing wonderful work. I'm still interested in what's happening here. Um, it's a special kind of show because this is not something I should be watching. I should be annoyed with these people. Yeah, yeah. But it's smartly done where they can relate to people of their own age and even people who may be a little older, like me. So, you know, there were there were some moments, there were some episodes, I won't give away which one, the one where people have to grapple with certain things where I went, mm, we need to move forward a bit. But I'm enjoying it. I'm still watching it. I don't know what you have to say, Ref, though. I ditto that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... We are now you? You're not used to it, are you? <laughs> Look, we are now moving. To the ref's baby. Oh my gosh. I the ref has been screaming from the rafters about this show for years. Years and finally everybody the last season's getting caught on like the Americans. Shame like the Americans like uh, Breaking Bad that happened. Shame on y'all. Now this what is this? We're talking about the Americans. We're talking about Breaking Bad. It's Shit's Creek. <laughs> Not that at all. Not the Americans were Breaking Bad. So it is in its final uh, season, the sixth season. Uh, we have had three episodes as well of this. Um, now look, we know what's happening here, but the ref will refresh our memories and we'll set things up because the real question at the end of this ref, and we'll see what you have to say is, where are these people gonna end up? Is this gonna be like um, a reverse Jefferson's? Not Jefferson's, a reverse Good Times? Ooh. Where finally they get out of the quote projects, unquote. I don't know. Well, listen, last season we're left with a certain couple. Somebody popped the question, will you marry me? And the answer was absolutely. And of course, we're talking about Patrick and David. David. <laughs> we're talking about those two they are now it's it's moving forward and we see that they're hunting for a place to do the nuptials but the question is the places that they find can they afford it number one and number two if they can afford it and finally get the deal at what cost will it be to them during their special day now of course they settle on another place that will shock and surprise you. It did me. I thought, and then I thought, well, that's befitting. Well, not only that is going on, but remember Alexis also getting, there's another sibling who gets popped a big question. Not necessarily, will you marry me, but will you join me across the world in the jungles? Yes. Ted, remember last season, asked Alexis, hey, I'm going to be spending seven plus months, maybe even more, studying these things as a veterinarian. I don't want to do that without you. Will you come? Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, Alexa said yes. <laughs> and a tortoise is not a turtle. A tortoise is not a turtle. Now, she's starting to pack up and, and get going, and the family's kind of going, oh, this is real. We're actually splitting up again because mm. they've grown quite close. But the question is, does she really know what she's doing? Meaning... <laughs> When it's time to go, does she have all her ducks in a row? Or does she have to make some adjustments because she doesn't quite know how to travel well? You know what, they could, they, travel agents who are a dying breed, unfortunately now, should use this show to revive their industry. <laughs> Absolutely, because you gotta know how to read a ticket. <laughs> so we won't give away what that exactly is, but you'll have to watch and find out. And boy, does that change her plans 
but she still seems to be ready to go and visit Ted. Now, we of course see that when they're apart, they have to keep the, shall we say, fire burning? And how do they exactly do that? And who interrupts that? And what is said about that? We'll just leave that. Now, you also remember a certain woman crawling into her closet, shutting the door, locked up crying. And that is exactly where we open the season. Moira, who, <laughs> that ridiculous movie Birds, or I don't know what it was called. It was like, uh, crows. She played, crows. It was the crows or something. Where she plays an actual crow. This is her her jump back into the industry. She's been bone dry since the horrible bankruptcy. And now she's finally shot a movie. It's on, not Netflix, but something flicks. The Instaflix. The (laughs) Instaflix. And she was going to go to her big premiere. Remember she bought a dress last season? Well... In a new wig, she found out that things aren't quite trucking along. Mm. And so she vows, I'm going to give it up. And to Johnny's surprise and delight, he agrees, yes, let's move on from this. Well, does that does that stick and stay? Mm. You'll have to watch to find out. Is Crows really kaputs? Maybe, maybe not. And then last, but certainly not least, Johnny Rose, the patriarch. Johnny is not only in charge and co-owner of the Rosewood Hotel, but so is his co-owner, Stevie. Now remember, Stevie had a big break in the big time in lights and shining and all of that. She's an actor, an actress, and something bit her. It was the bug, but not necessarily the bug you think because she was in cabaret. It's the bug to sample life, to actually get out there and experience something beyond shit's great. Yeah. Now the question is, as Johnny's gaining momentum with the hotel or motel business and seeing new prospects, will, is everybody on board that? Stevie, are you on board with that? And we find out Stevie has aspirations of her own. But by the end of the last season that just aired, we see an unusual person decides to purchase a motel that Johnny had his eyes on. Who is that and why did they do it? Well, you will have to watch to find out. All of this to say, Schitt's Creek is back and it's better than ever. So sad that we're only seeing the last of this even though everybody's starting to get a kick out of it. If you like the mesh between the improvisation, great acting, great comedic timing, and some surprisingly heartfelt moments, Mm. it's not too late. You can binge Schitt's Creek, 30 minutes only, on Netflix, all the way up to the current season, and then hop on Pop App or online and watch the current ones. It will not disappoint. (laughs) Well, there you go. Now, speaking of other improvisation, (laughs) Uh. he is back for season 10 on HBO. And of course, we're talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm. Good night, David. Yet another one. He's back and um, Larry David is in rare form. Now, we know that one of the cast members, unfortunately, passed away. Um, you'll see how they deal with that or don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is back. And I, I'm i going to guess he is up to no good as usual. Well, you know that he is up to no good. And you know that they're going to tackle things in the zeitgeist. <laughs> okay? Now, <laughs> all, the second episode is is about to air right now. So I haven't seen it. The first episode of season 10, we have Larry David, and he has to deal with the new Me Too Times Up environment. And remember, he is in LA. So, you know, he's walking around with his good buddy and housemate, J.B. Smooth, played by J.B. Smooth, whose name is Leon Black on this show. And, you know, they are kind of simpatico when it comes to this. You know, their opinions are kind of the same. 
Now, one of the main conceits of the first episode is that uh, Larry encounters a, a, a woman he knows um, who's a friend of someone else. And she's eight months pregnant. Okay. Now, he encounters her at the gym. And he sees her working out. Now, she's eight months pregnant. So what does Larry David say? Okay. And oh. what does she have to say in response? Oh, I'm sure she has something. Also, he has uh, an assistant, you know, and, and sh- there's this whole miscommunication thing between them and the assistant's upset because in one scene he uses um, this, like, she has, like, this kind of, uh, a, on this blouse, she has, like, this big kind of bow thing, and it's hanging down, and he uses it to, like, wipe something. So, oh, oh. She's like, excuse me, that's my shirt. <laughs> you know, so all of that's going on. He has that encounter. And he also has a still, his great agent, played by Jeff Garland, whose name is Jeff in the show. And Jeff has a resemblance to someone that's not so good. Now, this resemblance is so right that it's hilarious. And I didn't even see it coming until it happened. I went, oh my goodness, he does look like that person. Oh, dear. So they tied all of that in, uh, in the end, because that's what happens in Curb Your Enthusiasm. All of the little disparate things that seem to make no sense come together in the end to have a big point. Also, Larry is friends with a guy who has a coffee shop, um, and he goes there, and the question is, is the coffee hot enough? So, (laughs) and how does he test it? Plus, his ex-wife is now dating Ted Danson, the real Ted Danson, yes. Oh, boy. But how long is that going to last? And what's going on? Okay. And also, what happens if you are allergic to baby powder? So all of these things <laughs> come together in, in this first episode. And I've got to say, I mean, it's been like two and a half years since we've had uh, the previous season of Curb. It is still hilarious. It is still just as great as always. Look, if you haven't seen it, but you're a Seinfeld fan, of course this is what you should be watching. You have to. I mean, you just have to do it. I love it. I can't wait for more. And I just hope that maybe in five years we'll get the next season. Oh, boy. Well, listen, uh, something else is back. Speaking of based, you know, uh, familiar face, we have SNL's A.D. Bryant coming back in Trill. Now, remember that show? This is season two. It was on Hulu. And we sort of have this, you know, confident, not really confident woman who's sort of feeling her way through life. It's created by Amy and, um, and um, sorry, A.D. and Alexandra Rushfield and namely Linda West, who sort of, we just sort of, we're in the skin of a fish who's out of water. Yeah. And the question is, is she going to continue to stay out or is she going to grow some, you know what, and really live her best Lizzo life? <laughs> well, the title is Shrill. <laughs> but it's it's ironic because she's not shrill. She's the exact opposite. So that's kind of the thing. The thing is, if you are a certain kind of person, you may be seen as shrill when you're really not. So how do you negotiate that world? You know, frankly, what I say is you may as well earn it if they're calling you it. Uh-oh. The question is, does uh, 80s character Annie agree? Now, in the first season, she had an online troll. Now, keep in mind that she's a reporter. She works for Crazy Boss, played by John Cameron Mitchell. Um, and because, uh, you know, she's overweight. Now, she calls herself fat. She calls herself that. And there was an article she wrote that had it in the title. So that's where she's going. So because of that, she has this online troll. She tracks the man down to his house. Okay, at the end of season one, and they do have an encounter. And the question is, how does that spill over into season two? Because in season two, we pick right where, pick up right where that left off. And oh my goodness, she is feeling so good after that encounter. (laughs) She is living her shrill life. (laughs) Uh, She's literally screaming out while she's running down the street. Uh Okay? So she uh, has a roommate and her best friend, um, and and that's uh, Fran, played by Lali Adefope. 
And uh, Fran is in her own kind of thing where, you know, she's been dating all of these women and now she just wants to be alone. And, and she's uh, of Nigerian descent, I believe. And she's from Great Britain. Uh, that's where her family migrated. So how does that work? We have an episode in this season because keep in mind Hulu releases all of these uh, episodes at once in a season. We had one episode where it went through Fran's whole story with her family. It was excellent. Oh. I was like, oh, y'all kind of like went to drama. Okay. And I think we need more like 20 minute dramas. I, Please. Oh. So that's a whole thing going on. We also know that Annie is dating this guy who was treating her poorly, but now they're an item. Has he changed? Has she changed? Are they going in the same direction? By the end of this season, you will see because after she released that article on the website that of the paper she works for, her boss didn't like it. And she quit. Ruh-roh. The question is, how do they come back together? Because her former boss is now, her former boss's boss took a liking to her. Ooh. So what's happening with that, my friends? So look, season two, the beginning of it, ref i liked it it kind of had some flaws there were certain little moments where i was like okay we could have cut that out we could have moved the story forward but when you get to the middle and to the second half of this season oh my goodness what a wonderful show that they put together it again you have like 20 something minutes per episode it's only eight episodes in this season six episodes in the first you haven't seen this you can binge the whole thing Oh. It would work straight through. I mean, I went through season two in like uh, like two and a half hours, maybe a little more. Just straight through. Uh, if, if you're thinking, well, what is it like? It's not quite like anything, but I'll put it to you this way. It's <laughs> it's like the white version of Insecure. Of insecure. Yes. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so that's what I leave with you. I, I'm really looking forward to season three of Shrill. This is... It's a surprising oh, show. Up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Nice. Well, uh, well, we don't know. We don't know oh. whether it's been picked up. Oh, okay. Hopefully it will be. I mean, A.D. Bryant, uh, you know, in this role, it's just, she just does such a great job of coming up with these concepts and playing them out. And the cast, um, the cast is really good. It's really good. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's it for the TV season premieres. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Well, listeners, we are um, just wanting to say as why watch that both the critic and I text earlier this um, morning. And as and this is a Sunday, the 26th, as of taping of January 2020, uh, when we found out the horrific, terrible news that Kobe Bryant, along with his daughter and other passengers, were seven, killed, seven other people, seven other pay people were killed in a helicopter accident. Um and what a shock. And uh, it, it, it's definitely shocking. And we just wanted to take a short second to pause a little bit and just celebrate the man, not only as an athlete who is amazing. I mean, you, I know he's one of your all time favorites. Yeah. Um, but also celebrate later on as he developed and morphed into this amazing artist. Yes. Graham, or excuse me, Oscar award-winning artist. Mm. I, I, I mean, um, this is hard for me. This is um, I've uh, we talked about this. Ref, I've never been in this situation where you're a fan, um, and you lose someone you're a fan of, and it hits you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there have been people that I uh, respect and, and I've enjoyed um, and they passed and I've, I've gone, oh no, you know, but it didn't hit me. Uh, but this, you know, um, really this is my, was my, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of Kobe's, yeah. of anybody. Um, so, it, you know, when we're talking about uh, the legacy that he leaves, like you're saying, um, of course on the basketball court, I mean, hey, 
a lot of people are gonna go back now and yeah, and yeah. see you know things that they missed. I, I remember Ref when he scored eighty one. I wasn't there, but I had the NBA league pass and I saw it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's things like that, and 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 we are around his age. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a part of it. I've seen every moment from the beginning um, of of his career when he was seventeen, coming into the NBA. Remember, uh, at that time, no guard had done that from high school. Uh, so now we're talking about uh, Oscar winner. He's writing books. Uh, you know, the curiosity of his mind uh, just inspires me. It is Mamba Mentality Day for me. Uh, and maybe year or maybe the rest of my life. Um, and, and another thing, you know, everybody's coming out and talking from all different facets of uh, sports and entertainment. Uh, but Spike Lee, who directed Kobe doing work, of course, had a lot to say. And he, of course, would say, hey, go watch Kobe doing work, which was a, a movie that he did for ESPN with Kobe, mm -hmm. where Kobe goes through one of his games, like the whole mentality of it. Yeah. And and right now you really can't get it. So hopefully they re-release that. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. You talked about the Showtime doc that's available now if you want to watch that. And just go to YouTube to see what was happening with there. And you can even see the animated short that he won the Oscar for, uh, which is great. Um, so, you know, that's from my heart. I don't know how you want to wrap it up, Ref, but I think I, I can't speak anymore on this. I think we at Why Watch That just want to salute Kobe Bryant and thank him for uh, pushing the envelope, not only of being an amazing athlete, but an amazing artist, an amazing father, amazing husband. And for all of you who are out there um, processing this information, it's very difficult to do so. But we suggest that if you need to talk to someone, you definitely seek out someone to talk to. And... Um, we say we love you here from Why Watch That Kobe Bryant. And we're back. <laughs> uh, this time we're going to take a shift because we've got some new TV shows out there. Some may seem very familiar. Some may not, and some are just one and done, meaning it's a miniseries. But let's first start with The Outsider, which is a miniseries. It's adapted from Stephen King's novel. I didn't read it, but some of you may have. And it's on HBO with 10 total episodes. It's already aired. It, it basically is taking the slot and feel of... For those of you who are watching The Watchmen, it's on Sunday nights. So, you know, you're like, oh man, I got the rest of this HBO <laughs> subscription that I don't want to cancel quite yet. <laughs> I want to try and pick this up. I mean, the cast. Holy crap. Ben Mendelsohn. Hmm. Jason Bateman, namely. Uh, Cynthia Evero, who's playing a character we haven't seen. Bill Camp. Can we just trap Bill Camp in HBO and he can just do HBO things? Yes, please. Among others who you'll talk about. This is, I've seen the uh, advertisements. It, 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 somehow somebody dies and somebody's blamed for it, but he's like, how could I have done it if I wasn't even anywhere near it? Mm. Mm. I don't know, Jason Bateman. Oof. I don't know. Mm. Now, I've seen the first three episodes. The fourth one is airing now. Ooh, as of taping. So this is what happens. And, and you know, like you said, it's based on the Stephen King novel. I haven't read this one either. Uh, I just finished reading It, by the way. Oh, my goodness. I he, I don't want to read It. That is well, such a headspace. Such yeah. a headspace. Mm. So this time, and, and you know, after, just so the listeners know, if you decide to watch this, after episode two, if you keep watching in, in the app, whichever app, HBO Now, HBO Go, you will get from the creators and the cast and all of them, their thoughts on what you just saw in the first two episodes and what's to come. And Stephen King, of course, is a part of it. And he was talking about how he wanted to deal with the concept of how could somebody be in, this, in two different places at the same time. 
So this is where the ref was going, where we have, yes, oh my goodness, we have Jason Bateman's character, Terry Maitland. He is a, um, a little league coach. He's a great father to two daughters. His uh, wife is played by Julianne Nicholson. He's just a great family man, a great guy. And he's accused of killing a little boy. Oh my gosh. There are witnesses and there is evidence. And by evidence, we mean CSI evidence. Oh, so he has DNA and stuff like that and witnesses? Uh. So he's like, what are you talking about? My family and I were out of town and uh, I was at a teacher's conference, by the way, and people saw me. Oh, so more witnesses. Uh Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Is there more DNA? Is there DNA? What is the DNA? What is going on? Okay. Now, the detective who uh, comes and arrests him is played by Ben Mendelsohn. Detective Ralph Anderson. And Detective Anderson and Terry have have history. Uh... Detective Anderson, his child died. Now, his wife, who's played by Mayor Winningham, we see in the scene is like, um, you know, we get we get a, a reason why the kid has died. But what does Detective Anderson think about Terry when it comes to his kid? Because his kid did play on this team that Terry coaches. Oh. Mm. Okay. Now, all of this stuff happens. We have Detective Anderson come and arrest Terry in front of everybody at a Little League game. Oh my gosh. Cuffs in front of the body. Now, this is before we get conflicting evidence. They know they got their man, but do they? Now, they have the district attorney. He's up for re-election, and this is a slam dunk. Uh-oh. But what happens when some other evidence comes out? Is he willing to change his mind? And ultimately, after this tragedy with the young kid, it leads to another tragedy. And I won't tell you what that is, but this other tragedy opens the show up into places where you go, what in the world am I watching? And the youngest daughter of Terry's is one of the linchpins. She's visited by a man. Who is this man? Who starts telling her things. We don't hear the man, we don't see him, but she does. And in one scene, the the first one, you might jump (laughs) when she starts talking. That little girl might need a nomination. Uh oh, uh oh, come on. What in the world? And my brother was like, how dare you have me watch this after seeing that scene? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. So the, the question is, how can they figure this all out? And one of the keys might be a certain private investigator played by Cynthia Erivo. Where is Bill Camp in this? Her name is Holly Gibney, and I'll come to that. Bill Camp. Bill Camp is Terry's lawyer, Howard Solomon. And he has his own investigator. (laughs) This investigator leads to Holly Gibney, played by Cynthia Erivo. And look, Bill Camp is like, you guys got this one wrong, and you will pay. Uh Uh-oh. But who does he team up with? That's a question. Hmm? It might be somebody you weren't expecting. So what happens is they hear from Terry's youngest daughter, and she's like, look, I have a warning for you, Detective Anderson, from this man. Now, look, uh, Julian Nicholson's uh, character, Terry's wife, Glory, don't want nothing to do with these people. But they end up talking to the girl. They end up getting information. They end up leading the, again, Holly Gibney, played by Cynthia Revo. And Holly Gibney is a special kind of person. She has peculiarities, idiosyncrasies. And she goes to a bar and says to a man, you're in my seat. He's like, you can sit anywhere. She's like, you're in my seat. <laughs> okay. She's that kind of person. She's meticulous. She lives in her own head. You know, she would, might be diagnosed as something that I won't say. But when you see it, this is in episode three when she shows up, by the way, 
it's like, oh, this is where we're going. So here's what happens. Episode one, you get the setup, you get the conflicting evidence, you get the, the whole thing about locking people up. Episode two, we deal with the fallout of that. Another tragedy happens. Episode three, we then see, okay, this is where we're going into supernatural territory. Oh. So. Well, it is Stephen King. It is, right? But he did write, you know, um, Shawshank Redemption. So you'd never quite know. Now, here's the thing. If you liked True Detective season one. I was going to say that. This is pretty much very similar. The eeriness, even the shots of it, ref, the overhead shots, all of that, the pacing of it. The feel, it's reminiscent of True Detective season one, maybe a sprinkle of the night of, a sprinkle of it. But this time somebody says, lawyer, when you want them to say it. I was like, thank you. Yes. Say lawyer. <laughs> but, the, but you have to think of it this way. If we think of True Detective season one, which seems kind of supernatural, this takes it a step further. So the question is, what is this actually going to turn into? I have no idea. I have not read the book. I've only seen the first three episodes. I'll tell you this. The cast came to work. Okay. These people are not playing around. Cynthia Revo, I am a, a big fan of hers now. Mm-hmm. We talked about Harriet. Ref, you saw her on stage in The Color Purple. Now with this, this woman is a professional. She does her job. And in honor of Kobe Bryant, Mamba mentality, friends. She got it. Bill Camp's got it. We Keep in mind, Jason Bateman is not only acting in this, he's directing. Mm-hmm. Again, he won an Emmy for it. Yeah. For directing, now he's doing it again. I mean, Ben Mend- Mendelsohn is one of my all-time favorite actors. Perfect for this role. You got Julianne Nicholson is who's like, yeah, people. out of my house. <laughs> Is he munching on people? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> he might be munched on. Oh. Because I didn't get into how all of this works. You will see. Yeah. So again, think about those shows I mentioned. I don't know where this will stack up in the end. The critics are kind of like halfway through it. I don't know why. I think they need to wake up. Mm. Okay. Wake up. This uh, the second episode out of the first three is probably the weakest, but so what? Oh my goodness, I can't wait to see episode four. We'll see if I make it to the end, though, because if things turn left, I will turn off. Mm. Mm. Well, there you go. <laughs> so now we have another mini series, limited series. Who knows what we call them nowadays? I Whatever works for the Emmys. <laughs> and this is Sanditon. Now, Sanditon is based on an unfinished manuscript by Jane Austen. Oh, her last. Her last. Now, if like me, you have that big book of all of Jane Austen's works, then you've read this. (laughs) Like me? Like, nobody has that. (laughs) You're like one of four. (laughs) If you're interested, it's great. Just read through it. Anyway. So it's based on that. It's unfinished. Like it, when you read it, it's un, it ends without an ending. They didn't like fix it up or anything. It's what Jane wrote and left. So the ref's going to tell us all about this. And ref, I hear that you've seen all eight episodes. Where did I see this? Did you? Where did I see it? On PBS? You saw it on the PBS app, right? That's right. Which, just to remind your your uh, the listeners, you can't watch all of the episodes right now on PBS. They're sh- they're airing them week by week. But if, if you donate at least five dollars a month, and you know it's it's completely you know it's a nonprofit, so you can write it off. You get access to the entire season of many things. So there you yeah. go with that. Sanditon. Okay, first, did you talk about who's in it? I did not. Okay, why don't you do that? <laughs> well, we have uh, Rose Williams playing Charlotte Haywood in this. Theo James shows up as Sydney Parker, who's like a Mr. Darcy clone. Yeah, well. 
<laughs> right, and you know that's gonna flip and, and switch. So, and, and it's a bunch of British actors who you'd have to see. This is a period piece. You kind of know where it's gonna go, or do you? That's yeah. what the ref will tell yeah. us. I've yeah. seen some of it, but not all of it. Okay, well, here's the deal. When you start Sanditon, you find out that this young, bright, spirited, and opinionated girl named Charlotte Haywood is sort of off with her, you know, brothers and sisters. And they see from afar off that this couple riding in a carriage, somehow it topples over, they run to their rescue, and it's the Parkers. Hmm. Parkers of Sanditon. Yes. They're a lovely couple. They're on their way back to Sanditon. And somehow it turns out that Charlotte becomes their summer guest into this growing up and coming new town called Sanditon. Hmm. Now, the person that she ran into, Mr. Parker, he is in business with a certain Lady Dunham, two-time whittled woman, hmm. who is very, very filthy rich very opinionated think um aunt march aunt march for sure yeah um uh, and pride and pride yeah, just that kind of yes. character lady catherine <laughs> lady lady she might put lady catherine to shame i'm i'm if i were she, if i were a musician she might no if i were a pianist i'd be a proficient <laughs> but anyway i digress so, um, Mr. Parker is not the mayor of the town, but he sort of is. He's the chief, you know, guy who's sort of running things, making sure the town is growing. And his number one mission is to get rich, famous people to take houses because it's on this beautiful um, coast where you get these beautiful waves and you have these beautiful um, opportunities to go swimming. And apparently these salts are healing. And Lady Dunham says, look, I gave you a lot of money. When am I getting my return? Mm. So we figure that out. Well, Mr. Parker has two other brothers and a sister. The sister, who is an absolute hypochondriac. (laughs) She thinks she is ill from the moment she wakes up to the day she goes to bed. Is very close, and her name is Diana, is very close to her brother, Arthur Parker. And Arthur, shall we say, is a man before his time. Mm. Meaning, in this show, Arthur is free-spirited, jolly, happy, very much not into beginning any kind of relationship with women. Mm. But he doesn't know. You know, he's just... He's just, I don't know. That's not my... So anyway, they're, those two are a pair because they are absolutely sick at every cost. Or are they? Then you have um, Mr. Parker's other brother, Sidney Parker. Yes, Mr. Balsay. Theo James plays him. Um, now, Sidney is a man of the world, but he's very, he's brooding. He's very, very brooding, straight to the point. His tongue is sharp. I mean, really sharp. And he encounters young Charlotte, who very much is opinionated and shares her opinions about not only Sydney's brothers, but what she thinks of the people in the town. And boy, does Sydney, Sydney clap back with a vengeance. And never, and never has Sydney ever been spoken to way. Pause on that. Mm. Remember we talked about Lady Dunham? She has some relatives circling. Because, you know, Lady Dunham's older. These relatives, one of her wards, shall we say, is uh, a ward named Clara. Now, Clara is poor. Clara is straight up poor. But she seems to be in good graces with Lady Dunham. And the question is, can, can Clara through the favor of Lady Dunham, climb her station. Mm. Well, in this show, Clara is a force to be reckoned with because she said, look, now I had an uncle who treated me crazy. So you go ahead and try and treat me crazy. I can endure. And I might just sleep my way to the top. What? In comes Sir Edward Dunham. And Sir Edward, shall we say, is 
a playboy of playboys. He know he's fine. He know he's got things going on. And he has no problem letting the ladies know that he is here and available. Mm. Okay. And he lives with his, shall we say, stepsister? Their, their parents were married. They're not blood-related. Esther. Esther is beautiful, gorgeous, but she's like Mrs. White. She's brooding. She is, you know, oh, woe is me. And I'm like, Bingley. It's just, yes, you know. yeah. I, I have to say, there's something strange going on with the two of them. Mm. We don't quite know the... They are very close, shall we say, but how close are they? It's very uh, disturbing and strange. Well, they're not related by blood. They're not related, but they are... They got the same last name, and they <laughs> call each other brother and sister, but in what way? Mm. To round out the majors, um, we have Miss Lamp, who's played by Crystal Clark. Miss Lamp is a mulatto woman, even though they did not cast anybody who nearly looked mulatto. Okay, whatever. She is from the Indies, the West Indies, and Sydney Parker is her is is her guardian. She's not quite eighteen, but guess what? She is worth a hundred thousand a year. Now, saying someone's worth a hundred thousand pounds a year is like saying somebody is a near billionaire. Yeah, because her father and mother and mother her father freed her mother married her Mm. had a baby and miss uh lamp and he died miss lamp is now the heiress to all of that money and the question is will lady dunham will sydney marry off miss lamp well because it works for them if they do those are the key players and here is the very very brief run through because it's jane austen and you know of course, Charlotte is taken back by Sydney. They have a tug and pull, pride and prejudice all over again. She's way too opinionated. Sydney is way too dismissive. And the question is, can they come to some sort of understanding? The Park, Mr. Parker and Mary Parker, his wife, that the ones who are over Sanditon, the question is, is he really gonna make Sanditon a place where people can go, spend money? and have that town booming so he can pay Lady Dunham back. Well, throughout the entire series, we see he goes hiccup after hiccup after hiccup. And the question is, by the time you get to the end, is Sanderson worth the place, worth saving? Does it get saved? And how does it get saved? Mm. And then last but not least, what of Esther and her brother in quotes? Remember, Lady Dunham is old. And her nieces and nephew would love it more if she could just croak and leave them because they are the living heirs. Now, the end of this, you will see, is shocking. I mean, shocking. Because Esther finds out a little something about her brother and a certain Clara. Mm. Mm. And they show it, too. And I was like, this is PBS, y'all. They show what happens. And the question is, will Sir Edward finally get what he deserves? Yes. Will Clara get what she deserves? Yes. What about Esther, who's been conniving and brooding? There's a surprise ending that you didn't see coming, and I enjoyed that ending. Last, this is an unfinished novel. It is 2020. How do you think PBS would end such a very on the surface what seems to be a very Jane Austen like you know you've read one you read them all I think the ending might surprise you Hmm. and I enjoyed it thoroughly I thought whoa now that's interesting so all in all yes this is another Jane Austen book another Jane Austen feat it is nothing out of the ordinary except some of the twists and turns that actually take place in the last two episodes. So the first episode is a little rough, and so is the second one. But then you start to get in a groove, and they made some choices. PBS made some strong choices to sort of um, modernize and liven it up a bit. And by the time you get to the last two episodes, especially that last episode, it is not what you think it was. So... Mm. 
If you love Jane Austen, or if you want something unexpected from your period piece, my suggestion is you check it out on PBS. Is it the best among best? No, but I enjoyed it. Moving on to Little America, which is on Apple TV+. We've heard a lot about this. Um, some pretty famous people are attached to this. Eight episodes are available. It's already been renewed from, for season two, and it's based on the uh, a magazine article or column that highlights the immigration experience, not necessarily the how to immigrate, but that the experience as an immigrant in America, uh, middle America, all, all over places. And um, I think that you got a chance to see some of this, if not all, on your Apple TV Plus subscription, Curtis. That's right. Um, so, you know, it's like a short story collection in TV form. That's what's happening. Uh, and, and we have different writers and different directors for each of these episodes. Yeah, it reminds me of that uh, show on Amazon Prime about love. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it's called, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like you were saying, it is about the immigrant experience, but what they really are doing is they're showing that it doesn't matter where you came from. We share these kinds of stories. That's the point. So yes, they're immigrants and that throws a little spice to the story, but you can relate to where they're coming from. You can understand what's happening. Uh, For instance, in the first episode, we have um, a young kid. He lives with his parents. They run a motel, but his parents are not in the country legally. So what happens? So really it's about a kid who tries to raise himself in the absence of his parents. It has the immigrant story in it, but we have seen this kind of thing before. It may, the reason that the kid is uh, not with his parents may be different, but it's still universal. And to me, that's the best example of this show. And then you move through and you see all different kinds of things. We, there's an episode where uh, there's a woman, she's at a retreat where you can't talk. Okay. And who plays the guru at this retreat? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, it's somebody who was in Heroes and in the Star Trek movies. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh. yeah. So that's fun. And then in the end, when they finally speak, what comes out, <laughs> right? So Because you're like, well, who's the immigrant in this story? Because, you know, she's, you know, they have to sit and, uh, you know, and like butterfly pose and, you know, for long uh, periods of time and say nothing and her mind wanders. So in the episode, you see what she's thinking. It shocks her. Uh, Someone enters late and that shakes things up. So it's that kind of thing where you go, okay, yes, I can imagine this, but how, how does the immigrant context shape that? That's the question. We also have, hey, what happens if you are divorced from your husband, you're raising a kid alone? Okay, and this is not now. I mentioned this. A lot of these, um, a lot of these episodes are set uh, before now. Some of them are, are closer to 2020. Some of them are further away. Maybe it's in the 70s. So you never know where you're going. You never know where you are. Uh, but again, the whole point is to tell these specific small stories that have a big impact. The question is, do they succeed? This is a mixed bag, in my opinion. I will say this, though. I mentioned how the first episode was my favorite. I don't think anything else reached that. I would have changed the order of these episodes. I think it would have had a bigger impact if they did it that way. But each episode on its own, I found something to like. Also, for many of these episodes, they're they're just sweet stories, even if there's a struggle in there. It, there's there's a certain likeness to it overall that I really enjoyed. Uh, these are half an hour episodes, by the way. So it's not a huge commitment. And you could even watch them out of order. So you could pick and choose the stories you want to watch. So I think this is a very interesting play for Apple TV+. And I think that it, there's a reason why critics have taken to this. Um, again, it's not perfect, but I do think if you're interested in just seeing a slice of life told with this interesting kind of immigrant lens, then you should definitely check it out. Now, what is it like? You mentioned that show on Amazon Prime. I was even thinking of, of course, I always come back to it. (laughs) 
easy on Netflix. We also have a little show coming back to HBO that I am a huge, huge, huge fan of. So it's similar to that as well, and that's high maintenance. So is it quite as crisp as those? Not yet, but we'll see where they go in season two. Yeah, I know that uh, Kamel uh, Najani uh, is 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 uh, it's his baby. So this should be interesting. Let's end this with something else. Speaking of Star Trek, mm. um, they have a new series out called Star Trek. Oh God! Oh God! Yes, Patrick Stewart is back <laughs> on CBS All Access. So wah wah, you can't watch it unless you subscribe. Mm. 10 episodes total and it's already been renewed for season two now a lot of you are thinking no i watched the series with captain picard but is this the same thing and the question is if you did watch the previous um series discovery i believe it was called star trek discovery was it i think that was the one captain picard was on oh which one was it? It was Next Generation. Next Generation. That's right. That's right. right. Discovery was uh, with Oh Boy. Uh, it, it, I hear and Discovery's it, the other one on CBS All Access. Yes, mm-hmm. that's one with uh, with with uh, Martin Green. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember his name, but anyway, <laughs> it is definitely not that. It's something a little different. And what you thought happened to Captain Picard may shock and surprise you. But now he's got his own series. Thanks, Pat. Trick. Stuart. (laughs) Yeah. So this picks up after uh, Captain Picard has uh, retired from Starfleet. He's gone. Why? Why did he leave? Exactly. It has something to do with androids. Remember Data? Yeah. It has something to do with androids and Romulans and Starfleet. Hmm. There was an event that happened that Captain Picard wanted to take care of and then uh, something unimaginable occurred on a certain planet that wrecked things and Captain Picard was not happy. So he quit. Bye-bye. Now, at the beginning, we see he's in retirement. He is on Earth. Yes, he is. And he's, you know, he has his own land. Now, where on earth is he? His last name is Picard. Okay. Where do you think? Right, he's Jean-Luc, remember? With an English accent, I never understood. (laughs) Well, he learned English in Great Britain. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so, okay. So we see he's having flashbacks. Are these nightmares? And we also see, in what seems to be unrelated, a young woman, um, and her name is da- Daj. And, uh, you know, she's up and coming and, and she's with her boyfriend, but not for long. <laughs> okay. Because some people beam into her apartment and get to attacking. And why are they after her? They talk about, has she activated? What does that mean? And how does this tie into Captain Picard? It does. It does. Who is she? Is this her? Is this his long lost daughter or something? What's going on? You'll find out. Hmm. And at the end of the first episode, that's all that has aired thus far. Something monumental is revealed when it comes to these Romulans. What are they on? That's what I'll say. I am not a Trekkie ref. But I know enough to go, what? What <laughs> at the end? What is going on? And that is going to open up a big old can of worms. This show could go anywhere. Because there are so many questions that come to the fore when you see the end of this episode. How did the Romulans get to this place? What must have happened for this to occur? Along with everything else that I just set up. So if you're thinking of, okay, should I watch this? Why should I watch Star Trek Picard? Now, if you have seen Star Trek up to now in all of its iterations, continue. Also, this show not only picks up on what was revealed in The Next Generation, but also in the Star Trek movies, the recent ones. Oh. 
some of that stuff is there as well. So there might be incentive if you're following along to watch this. Um, if you're thinking, okay, I've seen Star Trek Discovery, should I watch this? Are they similar? They're not similar, but that's the good part. You get to see Star Trek in a different light. This is, uh, it has a little more philosophical edge to it, but don't let that fool you. There is butt kicking and it's great, okay? So I'm looking forward to the rest of this. I think, again, it's a great companion with Discovery on CBS All Access. I am bathing in it. You have Patrick Stewart, oh. who you know is going to bring it. Yes. Now, is was the pilot perfectly written and all of that? No, but the ideas, ref, that's the thing here, my friends. If you are someone who is interested in the ideas of science fiction, and not just the light ones, but the deep ones, then Picard might be the show we'll see as it moves forward through this first season. I mean, like you said, they did renew it already for season two. Well, there you have it, you guys. Listen, TV's not stopping. And you know what we say here? We don't stop if they don't stop. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.